Mark chapter 13, Revelation. So uh, let's turn there. And, uh, you know, last week we really only got to, or through the introduction, to kind of uh, summarize that chapter 13 is dealing with the identity and the work of the Antichrist and the false prophet. Um, the, the, there's a corollary text in the Old Testament, Job chapter, chapters 40 and 41, that have allusions to, uh, uh, to these beasts uh, that uh, are opposing God as the way that they are depicted here in chapter 13. And uh, you remember we talked about how the beast, uh, the imagery of the beast coming from the sea had a, had a particular connotation to it versus a beast from the, from the land of uh, and, and how um, how those in Asia Minor thought about uh, those two uh, identities. So without further ado, let's go ahead and look at the first ten verses of Revelation 13. I'm going to read it. You can follow along. And then we will um, uh, I'll give you some, some commentary to go along with it. And I saw a beast rising out of the sea with ten horns and seven heads with ten diadems on its horns and blasphemous names on its heads. And the beast that I saw was like a leopard. Its feet were like bears, and its mouth was like a lion's mouth. And to it, the dragon gave his power and his throne and great authority. One of its heads seemed to have a mortal wound, but its mortal wound was healed, and the whole earth marveled as they followed the beast. Verse 4. And they worshipped the dragon, for he had given his authority to the beast. And they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like the beast, and who can fight against it? And the beast was given a mouth, uttering haughty and blasphemous words. And it was allowed to exercise authority for forty-two months. It opened its mouth to utter blasphemies against God, blaspheming his name and his dwelling, that is, those who dwell in heaven. Also it was allowed to make war on the saints and to conquer them. And authority was given it over every tribe and people and language and nation. And all who dwell on the earth will worship it. And everyone whose name has not been written before the foundation of the world in the book of the life, and in the book of life of the Lamb who was slain. If anyone who has an ear, let him hear. If anyone is to be taken captive, to captivity he goes. If anyone is to be slain with the sword, with the sword must he be slain. Here is a call for the endurance and faith of the saints. One important uh, paragraph for these tribulation saints to, to have uh, to understand. The under Roman numeral two, letter A, the symbolic description of the beast enables us to learn something about its origin and character. Uh, if you look at those four numbers uh, under letter A. The seven heads represent the geographical constitution of Rome. Uh, that was, um, in other words, the, the seven hills um, that is often referred to as the geographical description. Uh, and remember, John is describing what he is seeing at that time. Uh, as I have said over and over and over again, when we start jumping from his description of what he was seeing at the time, and we start making uh, specific uh, proclamations of this identity, we can run into some trouble. So we've got to be careful. Number two, the ten horns represent ten kingdoms. It appears that the beast will head 
what may be a revived Roman Empire. Uh, and I put revived in quotation marks, meaning not necessarily the Roman Empire is going to come back, but something like the Roman Empire. Okay? Uh, and if you can imagine all of the qualifications of the Roman Empire, I mean, they had, they were the latest and greatest in, 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 in design of cities and um, government, and, and they, were, they were great at entertainment. Um, they, they knew how to manipulate the, the mob, the, the people, and, and uh, you know, if you got the, as long as the mob is happy, then you know you can leave them like a land to the slaughter. So there will be something, maybe like a revived um, culture, like we saw in the Roman Empire, and, and, and this beast will, will head it up before taking over as a world dictator. The Antichrist, uh, pardon the typo there, will be esteemed because of his perceived diplomatic abilities. Uh, little realizing the sorrow and destruction he will bring to the world, uh, he's going to be a smooth talker. He, he will woo a lot of people. And uh, I, I, I know folks will want to talk about certain individuals as, well, they can do, I, I don't think we have seen the likeness of the Antichrist yet. I mean, he may be on the face of the earth now. I just, I don't think we've seen the person to match uh, what this guy is doing. Um, so, that's just my personal opinion. Now, the three animals that remain in verse 2. Look, let's look at verse 2 again. There were uh, this beast, he was like a leopard, but had feet like a bear, had a mouth like a lion's mouth. Those are three animals. These animals are reminders of the four beasts in Daniel chapter 7. I'm commenting if I could pull back to Daniel's prophecy because the majority of Daniel's prophecy kind of lines up with the content of Revelation. And that's what's going on here. John saw these animals, or could be referred to as kingdoms, in a reverse order. Since he was looking back, Daniel was seeing that if you read the book of Daniel chapter 7, you know that there's a difference in order. Well, Daniel was Old Testament. He's looking ahead. John's already said he's looking back. Uh, because he's in a tribulation time, even post-2015, uh, well, April 2015. So, I mean, that's where he was, and he's kind of looking back at, at everything. The final world empire will be a culmination of previous governments and, and empires. I like that statement that uh, uh, Warren Wiersbe, he's a, a good pastoral commentator. I like to read him from time to time, even still. And, uh, and I like his summation um, that, that if, you can, if you can take like, the greatest hits of all the empires and civilizations, you know, you're going to have a guy that's going to be able to lead them all. And, uh, and they're going to love him for it. While political illusions can be inferred, the more significant detail is the source of power and authority given to the Antichrist, and that's Satan. Remember, we, we saw his identity as, as the dragon, and that was mentioned there as well in this text in verse 2. In verses 3 and 4, the Antichrist is revered because he's recovered from a mortal wound. Now, um, this is quite interesting in terms of this, this, this mortal wound to one of his seven heads. Uh, but remember that these uh, these heads represent a geographical constitution of Rome. So uh, if we kind of move that to 
from, from geography to biology, and this is representing now, if you look at uh, this beast, ten horns, seven heads, one of the heads was, was wounded, uh, but somehow miraculously came, came through. What, what, a commenta- what, what commentators I have read will say, well, it's, it's not necessarily the guy got killed and rose again type thing, uh, but it was something tragic happens to this guy, he completely recovers, and people are in awe over it. Okay? Um, That's still kind of vague, isn't it? We'll have to leave it at that. uh, uh, We we have the text as it is. And uh, to infer a little bit more uh, would would I think be doing an injustice to to, to our rules of of, uh, Bible interpretation. But, let it be, the chief function of the Antichrist will be the uttering of blasphemy. Uh, I mean, verses 5 through 10 describe that. Now, what is blasphemy? Let me kind of uh, talk about blasphemy a little bit here. Um, I have dealt with folks and church members who said, I, you know, I think I blasphemed. Oh, really? Um, uh, well, well, tell me about what you did. And they'll give some description of something they did. Oh, that's, that's far from it. You know, Jesus himself describes blasphemy. And uh, he does it in the Gospels. And, and I'll tell you the easiest way to to kind of uh, uh, to to to, to um, to talk about blasphemy is the way that Jesus talked about it. And he simply said this. Remember in the Gospel of Mark, he said that a house divided against itself cannot stand. Remember there was a segment during his ministry that, that wanted to attribute his work to the work of Satan. To the power of Satan. Well that's what he was talking about. That is blasphemy. To attribute the work of God as the work of Satan. And, and, and this is me talking now. This is my personal opinion. I think when you try to reverse it, and I think you're borderline on some tremendous heresy, maybe maybe a reverse type of blasphemy is when we look at the work of the devil and say, oh, well, that's, that's God working. We say, well, how in the world could that happen? Well, you know that the, the Bible describes Satan as an angel of light, and he is able to, he is able to uh, come across as, as, you know, as like a um, statement I've seen here, here recently, you know, he'll, he'll come dressed as everything you want. I mean, he, you know, he is sly, uh, he is, you know, that wolf in sheep's clothing, it is, you know, he is very, very deceptive. And so the work that he would do, if you, you know, in trying to attribute it to something that the Lord's doing, I think he can be in just as much trouble. I'm going to talk about that a little bit more when we get to our application here. Verse 5 indicates that he will be in power throughout the last half of the tribulation. His rule will come through violence and terror. Notice that the scriptures never attribute direct governance or authority. Authority. Now, you know, really, what type of position will he hold? Well, maybe not an official position anywhere. It's just that he's got the ability to to manipulate. He, you know, he's kind of like the, the brain trust, the guy behind the scenes who will manipulate and control, and, and people look to him. He will influence those who are who, uh, to, to those who are already ruling. Alright, let's look at the second beast in verse uh, 11. Verse 11. 
Then I saw another beast rising out of the earth. It had two horns like a lamb, and it spoke like a dragon. It exercises all the authority of the first beast in its presence. It makes the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast, whose mortal wound was healed. It performs great signs, even making the fire come down from heaven to earth in front of people. And by the signs that it is allowed to work in the presence of the beast, it deceives those who dwell on earth, telling them to make an image for the beast that was wounded by the sword and yet lived. And it was allowed to give breath to the image of the beast, so that the image of the beast might even speak, and might cause those who would not worship the image of the beast to be slain. It also, it also it causes all, both small and great, both rich and poor, both free and slave, to be marked on the right hand, or the forehead, so that no one can buy or sell unless he has the mark, that is, the name of the beast or the number of its name. This calls for wisdom. Let the one who has understanding calculate the number of the beast. For it is the number of the man, and his number is six, six, six. Well, this is kind of interesting. Uh, let's first talk about that second beast. The second beast comes from the earth, and according to the tradition, this is a this is a prophet that will that uh, that will more likely be Jewish, and whereas the Antichrist will be Gentile. This is going to be huge, uh, and I think it stands to reason why the prophet will be so popular uh, and so well regarded and listened to that this is a Jewish guy pointing back to Gentile, and uh, so. Basically, you've got these two individuals. The Antichrist, he's the influencer. The false prophet is the guy who says, listen to the Antichrist. Look at what you know. And so how is this going to happen? Well, the two primary, if you look at the the two primary functions of the false prophet will be the performing of miracles. That's, that's why I talk about this blasphemy in reverse. Okay? Even demons can perform miracles. That is why Jesus says only a perverse and adulterous generation will look for a sign. It is dangerous for you to look for signs. Let me say it again. Don't ask for signs. Okay? Don't do it. Because Satan, can, Satan can, can give you all the signs you are looking for. Okay? And, he'll know, and he will know how to manipulate that sign or, or that miracle, that thing you are looking for. Uh, I, I liken it to uh, what happened with Gideon. I appreciate Gideon, but he and his fleece was wrong. Remember, he was testing the Lord. That's not an example of something to do. Okay. God's word is enough. And uh, so, yeah. So he's performing miracles to point others to worship the Antichrist and to direct the new system of commerce through a mark which indicates allegiance to the Antichrist. Allegiance. The worship directed by the false prophet is the final final fulfillment of the prophecy known as the abomination of desolation. Now, this is where we have a prophecy that has a dual fulfillment. And let's talk about let's talk about that for a second because I think it's important for you to know that. Um, all right, dual fulfillment. Okay. This is just a term that describes 
a prophecy that was given that had uh, what I would call a, a minor fulfillment that foreshadowed a greater fulfillment or the actual fulfillment. Okay. Let me say it again. It's, it's a prophecy that had a minor fulfillment that was foreshadowing the final fulfillment. This is one that has dual has a, has a, a, a dual fulfillment. This abomination of desolation that's meant to look at the, let's go to the actual prophecy. Let's look at what Jesus was talking about here, Matthew 24. If you recall, we talked about this important chapter when we were looking at different views of the rapture. Matthew 24 cannot be ignored when it comes to studying the books of Daniel and Revelation and looking at end times. Why? Because this is Jesus himself talking about the eschaton, the, the end times. What will happen? Uh, this passage is very important to those who hold to a post-tribulation rapture because the language that Jesus is giving seems to indicate that the church will endure the seven-year tribulation. Or let me say, better said, experience the seven-year tribulation. In Matthew 24, verse, verse uh, 15, he says, So when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by the prophet Daniel, standing in the holy place, let the reader understand, then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let the one who is on the housetop not go down and take what is in his house. And let the one who is in the field not turn back. Alas for women who are pregnant and for those who are nursing infants in, in those days. He says this is going to be a bad, bad deal. Well, what's going to happen here? Well, uh, you're going to have a statue. I mean, you're going to have the Antichrist being worshipped in the temple. What temple? Ah, here you go. It's going to have to be. You temple now. What's on the side of the temple? Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Called the Dome of the Rock. Okay. Inside the Dome of the Rock. You know what's inside the Dome of the Rock? I just told you. It's a rock. What rock is it? You know that? Okay. All right. Here's what I want you to do. This is your homework. I want you to do research. Don't do it. No one to tell me what was the importance and significance of the stone rock that's inside that rock. Okay? And uh, why uh, uh, Muslims will make a, a pilgrimage called the uh, Hajj. They make a pilgrimage there and have to walk around. They'll go inside and walk around. And uh, I think seven times, I believe, maybe seven times. Uh, I'll talk my head, but uh, anyway, all right. Uh, I won't have a prize for his right answer, but you know, it's, it's good for you to look at it and study it anyway. Well, if that was the final fulfillment, what was the what was the foreshadowing fulfillment? Well, you had what was called the abomination of desolation that occurred under a guy by the name of Antiochus Epiphanes in 127 BC. Antiochus Epiphanes. Uh, one, I'm not going to write out that name. Well, I should, because you may want to write it down. Antiochus Epiphanes. Okay. AD 127. Um, I, I, did I get that wrong? 
of BC. That's what it is. The whole. That's not good. 127. Okay. So let's kind of mark it here. Old Testament. You can have 6 BC. That's regarded as the time when Jesus was born. Uh, from 6 to, I call it 4 BC. It's a little speculation there. Um, so we're nearing the end of what we would call uh, the, the full Old Testament days, but this is within what we call this 400 silent years. Remember, you probably heard that before. This is the, the, the 400 years uh, when there was no prophecy going on. There was there was nothing being spoken through the prophets. Um, what we call the 400 silent years. Now, God was not silent at all. I mean, there were still things going on. Uh, but there weren't any more prophecies going on, things that nature. In 127, we had Antiochus Epiphanes, who, um, who, who uh, uh, desecrated the holy place in the temple there. And, uh, and so by, by doing so, that was kind of the, the foreshadowing fulfillment. And then if you remember, there was something called the Maccabean Revolt. Remember, ever heard of the Maccabean Revolt? Well, this was uh, led by a guy led by a guy, and you know his name is Maccabees. And he led this revolt to restore and to kick out uh, the image that Antiochus Epiphanes had erected. And so by doing so, and they were getting everything set back up, well, they had the manure, you know, the, 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 the branch tent. So they had this, they were, they were setting it back up, and I'm kind of adding my flavor to it, just trying to tell the story, but they set that thing back up, they are going to like this thing, Guess how long the oil lasted? Seven days. This is where, this is where they got the holiday of Hanukkah. The light of the seven candles. Because that's how long, because they didn't have the oil. Like, well, how do we light this? And we got oil. Well, it lived anyway, and it stayed there. So, that's a very quick, and, and I would also add a very crude, and very quick explanation of of, uh, of, of dual fulfillment prophecies, but I think you understand what was happening here um, and what is going on uh, relative to this text. Let's talk about the, the mark of the beast here. It was mentioned right at the very end. Many have speculated on the identity and the application of the mark of the beast. However, the, 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 the best approach in interpreting verses 16 through 18 is to allow the scriptures to speak and interpret themselves. The text indicates that the actual mark of the beast is not necessarily a number, but identification or perhaps a device to conduct business. A device. Uh, let's look at this, beginning um, verse 16. Actually, let's go back to verse 15. And it was allowed to give breath to the image of the beast. So that the image of the beast might even speak and might cause those who would not worship the image of the beast to be slain. That verse right there is often overlooked. No. I mean, you've never heard of the uh, system of religion called animism. Okay, animism is very uh, common in African. Well, you know what? It is. It is found in many, many cultures. Um, I know it's big in Haiti. It's it's found in South American cultures. I know I know it's really well represented in, in African cultures. Animism is simply this: I have an object that is revered, and um, 
for, for lack of just something better to use as an object, I'm going to use this uh, Kleenex box. This Kleenex box is um, inanimate. There's no animation to it. It doesn't speak, doesn't act, doesn't move, doesn't think. It's a box of tissue. But when you insert the power of Satan and his devices, this box of clinics can do about anything it wants to. And for the person who is deceived and who is lost and whose spiritual eyes are blinded, that Kleenex box directs me. It will be. It will speak. It will direct me. It becomes animated. Hence the term animism. Oh. So look at that verse again. It was allowed to give breath to the image of the beast. So that the image of the beast might even speak and might cause those who would not worship the image of the beast to be slain. It will, it will carry with it the ability to direct and have power and influence. Also, it causes all, both small and great, both rich and poor, both free and slave, to be marked on the right hand or the forehead. Notice that all, all manners and levels of society and culture are not immune to needing the mark of the beast. So, during the time of the Antichrist ministry, for lack of a better term, there will be a brand new system of commerce. To, um, to buy or sell, you must have the mark. Now, verse 17 begins to give us some insight. The name, uh, that he has the mark, that is the name of the beast or the number of its name. Now, the reason why verse 18 is important is because I, in my interpretation, I don't think it's so much telling us that the number is going to be, that the, that the mark is going to be six, six, six. Although we know that that number represents men, it's incomplete. It's, it's, it is not perfection. Okay? Um, If you look at letter C, uh, the second sentence there, the text specifically describes the number as the identification of the Antichrist. It is, it is his number. So I don't think it's going to be six, six, six. It's going to be something. Now, the scripture tells us one or the other that it's either the name of the beast or the number of its name. Now, um, I wish the Holy Spirit had given John a few more lines to write about this. Because I'm still a little puzzled. So we are all left to speculate carefully. Um, the issue of brands uh, and brand identity is a pretty popular concept in Africa. Um, when you think of the name Steve Jobs, what image comes to mind? An Apple. Because he was the, he's the guy that made Apple to be what it was. 
I'm not trying to be silly. I'm just, when you think you're wrong with God, that symbol comes to mind. Roman archers. Um, I don't think anymore. Nike, the swoosh. Um, so, yeah, it's just branding. Um, my theology and interpretation of this text kind of allows for that possibility that there may be something regarding what this beast presents. You know, uh, It's kind of hard to kind of go any further. We just we just don't know. But it is clear that you're going to have to have it on two places. It'll be on the forehead, uh, forehead, uh, or right hand. Now, does this mean a tattoo of some sort? Um, you can fake that. I doubt it. You don't think so? Uh, a tattoo? Yeah, you can fake it. I, 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 I don't know. I, I'm. I was thinking kind of something, you know, like a, a computer chip or something. Yeah, I was thinking more technology. I'm not thinking like just a tattoo. Okay. I'm, I'm thinking of something maybe technological, you see. Because what if somebody had a right hand misses it? You know, and had them before it. Uh, and you kind of have to have a forehead to, to be alive. Um, so, you know, one or the other. So we don't know. It's, there's a mark. Uh, and it's going to be required. Uh, it's going to be required to, to eat. It's going to be required to, well, I'll say eat. It's going to be required to, to buy yourself. That's what it's required for. So, uh, to the extent of, uh, I mean, I remember back in the 70s, there was an end times series of films, and uh, it was like four parts A Thief in the Night. Anybody remember that movie called Thief in the Night? Anybody remember that? You remember it then? I mean, this this was like I'm, I'm like doing old school, like fundamental independent Baptist type stuff. I mean, this was like back in the day, and you had the real to real movies projecting. You know, it was, it was that kind of stuff. And, and in that movie, I remember that uh, um, you were killed if you didn't take the mark of the beast. Um, so um, there's just. Yeah, there's just some things that in this text that I surely wish would have been in there for me to say some more things, but yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean that type of calculation is it's uh, complementary to describing us to the person in it. Um, but uh, in, in terms of just it being that number itself, you know, who knows? I do know that uh, a lot of folks sure are superstitious about that number. Uh, you know, the cashier, you get your pay, you get back six dollars and sixty-six cents in change. Oh, keep your penny at least, you know, just to whatever, or pay a penny more just to make sure that whatever. I don't, I, that number doesn't bother me, so um, you know. I, I'm not worried about you know, taking it or not. That's not going to be a part of uh, anything I'm going to worry about. And, um, you know, if, if not taking it kills me, then so be it. Uh, well, let's talk about the, the, the good part. Let's talk about application. What do we do with text like this? With 
with all of its troubles and, and tribulations and all of the, 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 the issues of interpretation and just stuff we wish we knew. Well, there's some things that we could uh, can take from this. And uh, uh, I, I lifted this directly. I've got to admit it so you know where it came from. Uh, from the Revelation commentary, page Patterson wrote, letter A, focus on Christ and His incarnation, atonement, and teaching. That's, what, that's just what you do. That's what you do every day of your life. You focus on Christ. He, he is your life. Letter B, always determine the doctrinal positions of miracle workers. If they are in violation of Scripture at any point, reject them. Uh, first of all, uh, let's, let's kind of talk about miracles. Let me give you kind of a a, a very brief slash elementary definition of miracles. A miracle is the is the, the temporary suspension of natural laws to make something happen. You would have to suspend natural laws. Joshua's long dead. The clearly the earth had to stop rotating. But for the earth to stop rotating, you've got other systems going on that had to be suspended. You just don't stop the earth from rotating, you know, without other functions and other systems being affected. And so the Lord, in, in, in answering Joshua's prayer to make the sun stand still, which you and I both know that it wasn't the sun standing still, it was the earth, earth ceasing to rotate, that the Lord calls all those systems to just kind of stop and extend that day. Uh, for for Moses to be able to part the Red Sea, for the plagues of, of Egypt and, and everything that Acts had floating and uh, you know, all of those things, you, you have to have a suspension of natural laws. Uh, I personally have never witnessed a suspension of natural laws for the performing of any miracle in my lifetime, especially by the TV preachers. You know, that's I just I, I don't understand how someone with a, you know, with minimal thinking abilities can be duped by guys like Benny Hinn. And, you know, who, who are the other guys? They, anybody on TV, basically. I mean, I mean, seriously. I mean, because all of them are kind of wacko. Well, and uh, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say all. I'm sure there's a few on there. I just don't watch TV enough, I guess, to know the good and bad. I just know what I have seen. Whatever. All right, let us see. Be especially alert to signs and wonders that hinge on or involve the exchange of money or goods. Um, th- this is where, you know, this is where, what was, what was that preacher that wanted uh, your money to buy him a $3.6 million jet? Creflo Dollar. This is that I want to name. As a matter of fact, he not only that, but he lives in a three and a half million dollar home. Yeah, he, yeah. Um, they have suspended that campaign, by the way. Yeah, it's been suspended. He's not going to because he's coming with such fire for it. Uh, another guy that was digging this stuff. Um, oh man, uh, it's funny. I try to call a name, and I can't think of it anymore. Yeah, what they'll do, if they, if they ask for a fake seed, they'll say, well, by giving this fake seed, you will, whatever. My thought is, why not call in and ask them to find a fake seed in your pocketbook? 
Because if, if that, listen, seriously, if that economy is true, then Cruffo Dollar, Benny Hinn, all these other cats ought to be giving us money if that principle works. Because then they will be reaping all the cash. They know it doesn't work. That's why they're asking us to do it. But someone asked Truffalo or presented the issues because Truffalo said he can, you know, uh, do the work of the gospel. And, and part of that work that he said he was doing there was food and some medical supplies and all that stuff. They said that for the price of that one jet, he could purchase like five or six C-130s. The capacity, the cargo capacity of a C-130 would be pretty much in line with what he's going to do with it. But he don't want to see them third because they don't have big, you know, recliners in them. So, uh, so yeah, but yeah, he, he suspended that. And, and the video, the, the promo video for that thing is hilarious. And uh, but they've taken off his website now. And, uh, you could probably it's probably on YouTube, you know. So it'll live on in the annals of history through YouTube. But it's fun. Um, remember that regeneration. Conversion to Christ or the new birth is always the greatest miracle and the sure manifestation of the power of God. Um, I, I, I don't know of any other miracle that's, that's, that's as any great as, as our salvation. And, uh, uh, you said, well, what laws were for sin? Well, <laughs> the law of Moses in the fact that uh, we are trusting in Christ. Uh, atoning work on the cross, we do not bear the punishment that our sin deserves. That was something that was suspended. The mark will, uh, excuse me, I'm sorry, I'm going to repeat something here. Letter E, when uncertain, always seek discernment from the biblical text and from the guidance of the Holy Spirit. In that order, I would say. Um, if it just does not jive with the Word of God, and that's why it's so important for you to know the Word of God, uh, you know, I, I, I wish I could say I'm in power. So if you're waiting for the preacher to get all the Bible right, then you need, don't, don't trust this preacher because I don't get it all, all right all the time. I mean, I make typos in my notes, I make mistakes verbally, and, you know, I'm certainly all unintentional, but you need to know your scriptures. Right? Remember that the scriptures teach that deceit and false miracles will increase as the world moves to the eschaton, that is, to the end time. Why is that? Because people are, because it works. I mean, that's why they do it. You know? I actually, I forgot the guy's name. This is bank robber. They asked him, why are you robbing banks? He said, that's where the money is. Why do, you think, why do you think those fake seed ministries are so prolific now? Why do you think that so many people flock to hear um, these how the angels preach on health and wealth and all your problems solved and your best life now and uh, because it sells. I mean, these guys make tons of cash over. Yeah, you know, they're they're they do it because they're they're poor. You know, uh, it's it's paying bills. You know, and uh, so yeah, that's that's why and that stuff's going to increase. It's going to increase. Uh, Remember, Paul warned Timothy that in the last days people are going to abandon sound teaching. Okay? That uh, they, they won't listen to, to that kind of stuff anymore. And uh, uh, 
definitely think that we are we're sitting in hell. Uh, I think we're definitely seeing a time when you present the truth of God's word, God's holy word, and folks are supposed to shoot you for it. I don't, they will, you know, I'm talking even in the church. Even in the church. 